On today's show, the Dallas Mavericks were open the season at the Phoenix Suns. What constitutes a rivalry? Are the Suns a rival now? How will that game go? How will it set the tone for the season? We'll talk about all that and more on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Lentich, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. I don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You're locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where I found my guest today. <laughs> you can go subscribe to the show. The best way to help us grow the show is to comment anything below. We're back to anything. Comment anything below. But let us know, do you think the Suns and Mavs are a rivalry? Would you consider them a rivalry? Let us know in the comment section below. Joining me today from the Slightly Biased channel, he just goes by Slightly Biased. What you got for me? No, nothing, man. Thanks for having me on. Any day I get the opportunity to spread some propaganda, that's a good day <laughs> in my books. So I'm that's, happy what we're, that's what we're here for. Isaac is gone. We can spread the propaganda as much as we want. Unfiltered. Uh, we learned from Sham Sharani at Two different times on Twitter that the Mavericks are going to play against the Phoenix Suns in the home opener. We'll talk about that. We'll maybe get into some of the uh, over-unders on, on Bet Online. There's a couple more things. The Eastern Conference teams, Luka, MVP odds, a couple more things we can we can talk about. And then let's talk a little Frank, talk a little Josh. The last couple videos that uh, Slightly Biased did on his channel were about Frank and Josh. I think they're pretty important young players for the Mavericks. And so we'll, we'll get into a little propaganda, maybe talk about how those guys can play next year. And so we'll get into that. But let's start with Sham Sharania just coming, coming out of the woodwork. And whenever you see a Sham Sharania like, notification, it's like the Dallas Mavericks will. And it's like, your eyes. Yeah, that's why I turn them off. Your eyes just get big. It was like the other day when they signed those two training camp guys. You're like, what yeah. did they do? And we covered them on the show yesterday. So you can go listen to that, watch it on YouTube if you want to hear about them. But he said, after a blowout game seven loss in the West semis. The Phoenix Suns will host the Dallas Mavericks in a season opener for both teams on October 19th. Luka Doncic and his new backcourt starters, Spencer Dinwiddie versus Devin Booker and Chris Paul. <laughs> so my question is, was this the right choice for a season opener? To, for yeah. the Suns to return to start their season where their season ended like a couple months ago? Yeah, I like it. I think it, NBA knows what they're doing with their opening games. And I think this is a great opening night. And, uh, I, you know, I know some people think it should be in Dallas. But I like it being in Phoenix. I think I'm very interested to see, and I guess we'll get more into this, where this rivalry goes moving forward. If it is, in fact, a rivalry or if it's just like a one-off playoff matchup that you had some heated moments, but every playoff matchup does. Sure. But uh, in Phoenix, they're gonna, they're, the crowd's going to be booing. Luka's mm. going to get booed every time he touches the ball. And we know what Luka does when, you know, he has uh, he has some reason to show out. So I'm very excited about it. The, you mentioned that like the disrespect. Is it disrespectful that it's playing at Phoenix and not in Dallas, and so it's going back to the scene of the crime where that game seven happened? Maybe disrespectful for for Phoenix because it's just going to be Luca laughing at, at their courtside <laughs> fans for another forty eight minutes. So maybe for them, but maybe not for the Mavs. Oh, I can't wait for the as soon as like if the Suns win this game, the that's it. We got we're right back where we're right back yeah. where, where it started. Aiden was the right draft pick. I mean, it happens every time. <laughs> uh, 
it's it's become sort of a rivalry on Twitter at least. Like the Mav, oh, like yeah. Mavs fans and Suns fans go back and forth at each other, and so I think that part is a rivalry. But what constitutes a rivalry? Like, are the Suns a Mavs rival now? <sighs> there's you know there's some context there because of the Aiton the 2018 draft. There's the, the Aiton and Luca will forever kind of be tied together the same way that like Trey Young and Luca will be tied together. Uh, so there's that aspect to it, and you know the the Suns. Luca's whole career. What, what was it going into the playoffs? Luke was like one and eight against them. Or oh yeah, he, they never beat the Suns. Like they never it was, it was Suns. one of the things that Suns fans kept throwing at us, like the, the whole yeah. time as we were previewing the series and all that. And uh, we would go on Locked On Suns, and they would talk about it. And then the, their fans would be like, "There's no shot. They never, they never beat them. It's just you know constant. It was like ten games in a row at one point. Yeah. Like even going back to like the Alec Peters like legendary game. Like <laughs> yeah, it was. They were always a matchup nightmare for us. But. Uh, the thing I, I just don't know. And the series had some, you know, the Lucas special, the Devin Booker and Chris Paul laughing after game two at Lucas defense. So there's some, you know, the, the, I think the seeds for a rivalry are there, but I think we, I think we need to see it one more time in the playoffs, maybe before I can consider it a real rival. And then you mentioned the Suns fans, Suns fans. It's just Suns fans versus the world over, over there. So. on Suns I, think it, I think it might so, be. <laughs> so I don't know how much that plays into it, but I'm very interested to see where it goes. That'd be a fun team to have a rivalry with. I think it might be because locked on Suns did crossovers with locked on Pelicans in their first round series too. And Jake Madison from locked on Pelicans was like, these Suns fans, man. Like, I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what yeah. got into what got into them. Uh, I saw a TikTok about living in Arizona and apparently they have like these constant, dust storm tornadoes and there's also like some kind of mold in their soil that gets into them and they all have like this sickness that comes around it's oh, like God. it just sounds like living in arizona like of course you'd be ornery if these things were happening to you there's scorpions and poisonous spiders everywhere yeah, that like, explains a lot now that, now that you say that <laughs> it's all old people <laughs> yeah exactly people in the desert trying to figure out what animals are outside their house hey they say it's a, i've never been so i can't people say it's great but I like how I I, uh, I I quoted a TikTok, but I didn't say who it was, and I just spent it trashing Arizona. The whole oh, time. that's fine. That's um, all right. Are the Clippers a rivalry then? Like, do the Mavs have a rival right now? Because if it's not the Suns, if there's not enough back and forth, it just just the one playoff series may not equal a rival. But yeah. Do the Clippers count? I think 95% of Mavs fans would say yes, but I think probably 5% of Clippers fans would say yes. Just because I think for a rivalry to really exist, there has to be some back and forth between both like one team needs a win and the next year the next team that's why the spurs mm. and mavs were such a good rivalry uh even the suns and mavs like back in the mid 2000s that was a good rivalry too because there was back and forth one team would win and the next team would win the the, Ma the clippers beat the mavs twice in a row so it's just kind of like i don't know i don't know i would say what that's the closest thing the mavs have to a rivalry though is the clippers what about that one like 50 point win the mavs had over the clippers that one <laughs> yeah that, that was insane that that was definitely that was definitely a nice feeling moment it, it is funny how like Mavs fans will always go back to that series against the Clippers. And sometimes it gets talked about like the Mavs actually won that series just because Luca played so crazy and taking it to seven was not Mavs had no business taking that series to seven considering the talent on both teams. No, definitely with, with Tim Hardaway Jr. as the second best player in that, yeah. in that series for the Mavs, like they had no shot. And so it was a win. Like we considered it a successful season at the end of that. Some people would say, Oh, you got to win a series for it to be successful. But I considered it a successful season at that point. I kind of wonder if rivalries, like you have to have, a, you have to have history, right? The, the Lakers Celtics doesn't happen unless they play a bunch of times in the finals in yeah. like the sixties and seventies. And they did. And like Michigan, Ohio state, they play each other every single year. There has to be some kind of history there. And I don't think there's enough history for Suns Mavs to be a rivalry. Like just one series there doesn't make it a rivalry. Right. Clippers, you could talk me into more. 
Mark, like Marcus Morris is still there, but like Harold's gone, Beverly's gone. I don't know if Paul George and Kawhi like they don't really get into it as much. They they seem to try to be like above it, like even more than Booker and, and Chris Paul did. Yeah. So I don't know if that counts as a rival. Like I don't know if they have one right now. I think you have to you have to be a really good team for a while to have a rival. Yeah, that and I think I think there has to be some like more context too beyond just the games. That's why I mentioned with the Suns. You know, there is the eight and the eight and twenty eighteen draft pick connection mm. that'll always play in. Even the Hawks, like. I would love for a world where the Hawks were good and the Mavs were good and they were perennial finals. Like, I think that'd be a really fun rivalry because you would have the Trey Young, Luka Doncic, the draft trade. Be like, like a I really think weird that would be Magic a, and Bird. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And that was like, you know, we said the the, the Celtics and Lakers. That was a big part of it too, was the Magic and Bird thing. So uh, I, I just don't know. I don't know how many rivalries really are there in the NBA right now, though, when you think about it. Well, right now you have like it's like players, it's like players' revenge games, right? Like this, yeah, exactly. this whole like Dejounte Murray and and Paolo Bancaro thing will become a rivalry, right? Like anytime yeah. it, used, it used to be anytime Embiid played uh, Andre Cap. Drummond or anything like that, it was a rivalry. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, things like that. So you have like players that anytime LeBron plays, I don't know, feels Toronto like, it feels like anybody. Yeah, Toronto, anybody, Kyle Lowry, <laughs> DeRozan, yeah. that it, it feels like it's a rivalry. But uh, but yeah, and then. We you go back to the the old man screams at cloud like all all players are friends with each other so how can you have real True. rivals at the, at this point if everybody's just friends with each other I think it's it's more so a fans thing at this point like uh, Mavs fans and Spurs or Suns fans from what I've seen on Twitter is there a rivalry there oh yeah I don't think yeah. these fan bases like each other in the slightest but I don't know if, how much that gets to the players you know I think Luca Luca has a lot of fu in his game oh so for the, sure. The disrespect from Devin Booker, I think he takes that stuff very personally. And uh, I don't know. There might, I'm just really interested to see. Like, I'm interested to see if they're matchups this season, if it's both teams are trying their hardest, no matter what game of the season it is, no matter where teams are at. Like, are they going to go at each other? They may not may, be able to tell you. There may not be, like, extended history, like multiple games or series of history, but that, like, Luca special moment – and then yeah. Chris Paul and Devin Booker like laughing, and then the picture of Luca like looking up <laughs> at, at Devin Booker. I don't know if that it like did we did we fabricate that enough into a rivalry? Like maybe we did. Like maybe we did just with all that yeah. stuff because there is like a lot of moments. Like sometimes you don't even get that many moments in a series, and it seemed like there was enough in that one. It's especially considering no games in that series were close. That's the crazy thing about yeah. every game was a blowout from both teams. So if you had like one game where it was a buzzer beater win, I think maybe that would add to it a little bit more. But Let us know in the comment section below. What do you think? Are the Suns and Mavs rivals right now? Does it count? Are you excited about the first game? Let us know in the comments. And coming up, let's get into some over-unders. We know what the over-under is for the Mavericks. Is it too high? Is it too low? All the teams that are above the Mavericks. And then we'll get into some of the Eastern Conference teams that we didn't get to yesterday and talk about which teams are slated to have more wins than the Mavs. We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're delicious. I have one pretty much every day. I, didn't, I don't think I had one today. But the cookie dough chunk puffs are delicious. They're so good. It's a bar covered in 100% chocolate with marshmallow fluff in the middle, 160 calories, 15 grams of protein, 8 grams of sugar, just 8. They have real cookie dough chunks in the middle of them. Go check them out. The Brownie Batter Puff is a really delicious bar. And you can go use the promo code LOCKEDON15. That's LOCKEDON15, the number one, the number five at the end of LOCKEDON to get 15% off your entire order. If you put it in right now, it's built.com. Go get your bars. All right, slightly biased. We're getting into the Dallas Mavericks. And uh, 
let's just start let's actually start here before we get into the over-unders do you think the mavericks are better or worse or the same that they were last season so if this if the roster is just like this it's the question of the offseason it, that's it's next to an impossible question to answer right now i think that there is most certainly a world where they're better but i guess i'll just if if i not giving you a cop-out answer i wouldn't put money on that necessarily mm. you know but i i definitely see a world where they would be better you really need Spencer Dinwiddie. And I made this argument on Twitter that Spencer Dinwiddie might be like one of the most top five important players in the entire league, just based off of how much the Mavs are going to need him to, to perform without Jalen Brunson. And stay and healthy. You get, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, stay healthy. Exactly. If you get what you got out of him uh, after the trade deadline consistently, and he is healthy, and you know you bring in Christian Wood and JaVale McGee, there's a world where you're a better team. There just is. Mm. But I, I don't know. It, it's... Jalen Brunson was really important, man. I feel like a lot of people are sort of sleeping on that a tiny bit. And, and Mavs fan, I'm trying to write it off, but. Jalen Brunson was really important. And just in time to record the podcast, Mark Stein just reported that the Knicks are scheduled to be in Dallas for former Mavericks guard Jalen Brunson's return to Big D on December 27th. Ooh. The league sources tell me. So two days after New York plays Philadelphia on Christmas. So the Knicks play at home against Philadelphia on Christmas. The Mavs will play the Lakers at home. And then the Mavs will have a home game two days after Christmas to to uh, ret- bring back Jalen Brunson. What's the what's the feels? What's the vibe on that game? Do you think it's going to be like? See, if I were there, I would I would cheer for him. I, I would clap for him. I I, I hold I hold Brun- a lot of respect for Brunson for what he did as a second round pick. He never complained when he was here. Yeah, true. He got better every year and was a huge piece. I mean, we don't make the conference finals without him. Like no doubt about it. No. So I always appreciate it. And I don't feel like there's any animosity there between him and the Mavs, at least that we know of right now. I mean, who knows something could drop between now and the start of the season, but um, I don't know. I, I understand if people boo him though. Like, that's just what I'll say. I get it. It's sports. He left. Is the, che- is, okay. Cheering him when he gets introduced possibly. Yeah. Right. Like I can see that, but Oh, but, oh, I'm not I'm not cheering after a but bucket. during the game. Like during the like when does oh. like when does it stop? Like, okay, we cheer when he gets introduced, like welcome back, like good job, like way to go get the bag. But as soon as he hits his first bucket, as soon as he like takes the yeah. court, when he gets yeah. a, a steal off starts, it's like, over. It's the done. happiness like, and fun feelings are over the moment the game starts. And he's another he's just another player on another team that we're yeah, we like a little it's, bit it's, more oh, it's patronizing wow. otherwise, because then it's like, oh, good job, Jalen Brunson. <laughs> Like this man just got twenty six million dollars a year. Do these games matter? Like more so than just the like, you know, like uh, it just it means something to players. Like it's sentimental to the player to come back. But do you think those games mean a little bit more to to the players, or do you think that they got there? Like, is Luca gonna go out of his way to just post yes. up Jalen Brunson every time? No doubt in my mind. Yes, <laughs> Luca. Like I said, Luca has so much f you in his game. There's just no way he doesn't go after Jalen Brunson every chance he gets. But then for the Knicks. Ever since the KP trade, man, they treat they got Mavs games like a game seven of the finals. It doesn't make any sense, especially considering nobody's nobody's even there anymore. They always like bomb threes too. It seems like like they just shoot way better than they normally do. And Julius Rand- Julius Randall too. Every time he plays in Dallas, it's like I don't know if he wanted to come here really bad or something, and the Mavs would just turn a cold shoulder to him every time. I don't know what the deal is, but he well, always- he's from here, so that some people yeah, like, just perform really well against their like hometown team, and others just like have too much fun the night before yeah. and then don't but yeah exactly it's interesting so there you go december 27th is going to be the uh the return of jalen brunson interesting right after christmas that's a that's a little like that that's a pretty big stretch there home against the lakers on christmas day what that's are your thoughts on the, what are your thoughts on the christmas day game we didn't get your, i your i'm shocked they gave the mavs a home like mavs playing on christmas that'll be the case forever luca has that yeah. that gravity 
But at home against the Lakers, it was kind of shocking to me. That they pulled the Lakers in, too, really was what really got me. It's not it's not just that they are playing the Lakers like in L.A., but that they pulled them to Dallas. Yeah, that, that's very shocking to me. I don't know if it was a time slot thing or what, but like they, they just have too many West Coast teams playing on that day. I don't know. but well, The Clippers are playing Christmas Day, too, right? Um, are, they? are they? I don't remember the exact schedule. I got to go back. I'm like, I know the Warriors, Warriors and Grizzlies, right? So maybe they just didn't have like a another. Clippers are not. No, the Clippers don't have a Christmas Day game. So yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. But it so to me that says more about the Mavs than it says about uh, any other team on there because they they garnered that game. Yeah, that I mean, that is the ultimate sign of respect. A Christmas game by itself is is a crazy thing. I remember the Mavs like never used to get those ever, and now yeah, they get right. like a home one against the Lakers. This is like third in a row now. Yeah. Okay, Bet Online had the over unders. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. The Mavericks have their over under is forty seven and a half, so forty seven and a half wins for the Mavericks, and they always they always hit it a little bit lower uh, than normal. And we talked about the West. These are the West teams that are slated to have more wins, or that Vegas thinks is going to have more wins than the Mavs. Tell me which one, which of these teams could you see uh, being below the Mavs? Phoenix, the Clippers, the Warriors, Denver, Memphis, Minnesota. All those teams have more wins, according to Vegas, than the only the only teams I would say if they are healthy. There's just, I don't see a world where the Mavs are better than them. Golden State, Clippers, and the Nuggets probably. I'm really hot on the Nuggets, but all those other teams, Minnesota, come on, like that. I I I am a believer in them. I think I made a hot take video or something where I said that they would be the one seed in the West <laughs> just because Gobert. <laughs> like, a Gobert's a walking top seven defense pretty much, so I I, I can see it. But I haven't seen it. You know, I haven't seen yeah, them play. Right. So I can't say that they'll be better. Uh, Memphis, I don't know what it is. They scream regression to me. I, I just. Oh. There's a long way to come down for them. Like they were the second yeah. best. They had the second best record in the league last year. And it just doesn't and it didn't seem make like any sense. Like no. the record without Jaw, which was insane. I mean, I, I like their, their team is really, really uber talented. But progression, you know, progression is not always linear. So I, I could see them maybe taking a step back. And then Phoenix, I don't know. They're kind of a wild card to me right now because. They had 64 wins last year. No, that's a but lot. Man, they're, they're only slated at uh, their over/under is only 52 and a half. <laughs> yeah, that seems crazy that, that Vegas thinks they're gonna have a 12-game regression. I don't know oh, if but, there's like something more there. Chris Paul getting older, maybe they're putting a lot of st- a stock into that. But I could see a world where the Mavs are better than them though, too. Or just that they keep failing in the in the playoffs, and so they're like, all right. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> true. But I mean, we're we're talking about teams like the Nuggets and Clippers, where it's like, oh, if they're healthy, those are teams that are notoriously oh. unhealthy. True. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're bet. That's and that's the bet, right? That, that's yeah. the bet, and that's why some of these are a little bit lower. Like you're betting on Phoenix for Chris Paul to not get hurt for right, a while exactly. for Aiton and Aiton and Booker or Aiton to like be okay with the Suns after that whole contract yeah, exactly. situation. We don't know. We don't know what's going on there either. So the uh, the Eastern Conference teams that we didn't get to yesterday: Milwaukee fifty three, the Sixers fifty and a half, the Heat at fifty. This does. These are all their over unders. Boston and Brooklyn don't have odds right now. They're holding out on the they're holding out on the Booker or the uh, Kevin Durant trade. It seems like or a Donovan Mitchell trade or whatever. Ooh, Boston uh, not having odds is spicy. I know. Which of those five teams do you think? So they're all they're all prop. I guess they're all probably slated. If if everybody just comes back, I would guess that all five of those teams are slated to have a higher over under than the Mavs. But which ones of those do you see? Oh, Maybe Boston's going to be incredible. Uh, Brooklyn, if if. They don't trade KD and Kyrie. There's just still too much going on there for me. I, I would probably say the Mavs have a bigger, better regular season than them. But Milwaukee, I mean, they're Milwaukee. They, they have Giannis. They're an incredible team. Miami, Middle, I could Middleton see it. Middleton should be back. 
yeah, Chris Middleton will be back and healthy. I mean, again, though, that's the, he's one of those dudes too that that can get hurt quite a bit. But uh, Miami, I don't know. I could Jimmy Butler's getting older. I could see maybe a world where uh, they regress a tiny bit, but they're always good, and they always even if somebody regresses, like Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, these like random guys just come in and become incredibly good role players. Which, which Martin twin do they have? They have Caleb, right? I'm pretty sure they have. Yes, Caleb. right. Because because the only like, only free agent the Hornets signed was Cody Martin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They like they brought Caleb Martin in, and he became one of the best wing defenders in the entire <laughs> NBA. Like it's just crazy what they do. And then who was the other one? The Sixers. Yeah, Sixers. That's are, another team too. Sixers are in, fifty and a half. That's that's three more wins on on their over under than the Maps have. That doesn't shock me too much. I mean, Embiid, Harden, Maxi's really good, but Embiid. That's a thing too with like the Clippers and the Nuggets. Where is Embiid going to play fifty games or seventy games or what? Luca is also the number one favorite to uh, to win MVP. He, has at, he was at plus four fifty yesterday. Giannis is at plus six hundred. Embiid plus seven fifty. Durant plus nine hundred. Jokic plus a thousand. So that gap between Luca and Giannis is pretty big. There, it's like one hundred fifty points. Uh, should Luca be the favorite, the MVP favorite going into next year? Oh yeah, I will. I will be placing a bet on Luca winning the MVP. Like I think this is the moment for him. I really mm. do. He'll have narrative on his side. That's a yeah. big thing too. Because it, it kind of wasn't his turn yet. You need some – voters need to see some type of playoff success usually unless you have just like an insane season like we've seen from Jokic. But even then, Jokic made the conference finals in the bubble, right? Well, even but LeBron. For, like LeBron makes the finals and then – Yeah, the exactly. Then so all of a sudden I, he could be an MVP conversation. Yeah, like Jokic is not winning a third in a row, especially considering two first-round exits in a row where they only won two games combined, I'm pretty sure. For, like, them, no. for them, I always go – for them, I for like him and Giannis now, I always go with – Look at the guys that won three MVPs. There's just the list is just it's like it's like Magic Bird, Wilt, yeah. <laughs> Kareem, Moses Malone, like LeBron, and that's yeah. it. It's like there's not many other guys outside of that. You have to be insanely, insanely good to get three MVPs. I do feel bad. Like there, there is just Jokic. I think Jokic could average a 30 point triple double, and I just don't think there's a world where they give it to him unless three they win like 70 games. Yeah, Giannis. I mean, Giannis is kind of in that LeBron, like peak LeBron territory where it's like, well, if you're going to give the MVP to the most valuable player every year, you got to give it to Giannis. Yeah. And, but MB, the people were saying on, on Twitter today that like and the Sixers are getting, what is it? Uh, opening night, Sixers at Celtics. And then the uh, Christmas Day game is Sixers-Knicks. And they're like, oh, here they go. They're showcasing Embiid. They're putting I was thinking him- the same thing. I was like, man, they're really pushing the Sixers. Really pushing the Embiid case. So, I don't know. I, I would put If I had to bet, I would put money on it. On plus 750 for Embiid. Like th- those, yeah. those odds, I think I would take more than Luka at plus 450. But, but yeah. I hope it's Luka's turn. I hope that the regulars... With- Improving their front court is, yeah. like you said, such a big improvement. I think it could help this team wins wise in the regular season a ton, and that would wins more than anything will help Luca in the MVP case because he's already got the stats, he's already got the like moments. He he's gonna get those moments again. The game winner, he had multiple game winners last year. Yeah, <laughs> with the Memphis like the Memphis lean, the the Boston shot. Like there's just so many yeah. moments that he that he generates. But yeah, the wins will come. All right, coming up, let's get into a little propaganda. Frank Nilakina, Josh Ooh. Green, end of the bench guys, but which I think there's a role for one of them. Like one of them yeah. can step up next year and really like take their hand and just wring the neck on like, <laughs> like yeah. a, a rotation spot. Which one is it? We'll talk about that coming up. All right, slightly biased. We are here. Slightly biased from his U- great YouTube channel. Go check it out. Check it out. He had a great video on Frank Nilakina. I laughed 
out loud by myself in my office when you did the uh, the Gobert the Gobert French Prince joke <laughs> in your video. Really good stuff. Uh, and then you also had a Josh Green like most improved player uh, where you're just you're just going propaganda like just straight up propaganda oh, yeah. on yes. us. And uh, if you're not from, if you're not a, a native English speaker, propaganda is literally just like thing that you may not necessarily believe, but you're just gonna push it because it's either fun or it's you know falls in the ideology that you have. And so we're just gonna push the, these narratives on these exactly. guys. I do believe though that one of these guys, Frank Nilakina and Josh Green, can have a role next year. It's wide open for them if they don't add anybody. If the Mavs don't add anybody else. If they don't add another ball handler, another wing, somebody else, they don't get some. They don't get a Bogdanovich or a Patrick Beverly or somebody like that in one of these pseudo like you know trades. Then one of these guys will have a spot in the rotation. Who do you think it is? Well, I mean, from what I've heard, I think Frank has a better shot right now. Currently, obviously, too, the last we saw of Josh Green, he got benched in the playoffs, obviously, and then Frank goes from kind of just getting. Sp- minutes here and there in the regular season and getting gigantic minutes against crazy. the one seed and be and like playing really well in those minutes defensively at least and i think that's kind of like i think defensively both are good don't get me wrong consistently you get it more from frank but offensively that's a tough one like i think there's a path the pathway for josh green developing his offensive game i see that more than i see it for frank because with josh green the intangibles are really good offensively yeah. he's a good passer like that's that's something that you really can't teach. Uh, like when you watch him drive, like he'll have moments where he drives and then will just whip out a, a kick out or like a little wraparound pass around a big, and you're just like, where did that come from from Josh Green? And he's really good in transition. So if he could, with him, it's all confidence. You know, that's what I get whenever I, I watch went back and watched Josh Green games where it's like if he made his first three, then I was like, oh, jo- Josh Green's gonna have a pretty good game offensively. Like it's just gonna be there. But if he misses his first shot or you know. Getting blocked by Gobert. I think what was that game two? Oh, in the corner. I can just see it. Like I can, I can yeah. feel that moment again. Like watching. That I think felt I felt like the moment TV. where it was like Josh Green's <laughs> postseason was done. Like that. That it, it was never. Like it. it was never coming back from that moment. Even though I think the Mavs won that game. But I, uh, I think it was the first moment when when uh, Gobert was like fifteen feet away from him. <laughs> like yeah. when, when Josh yeah. had the ball, and it's it's so clearly Josh Green. Like on Friday, I talked about. Um, players that can improve the most from year to year and what they can improve on. And, and the Josh Green segment was just me repeating over and over. It's just the shot. Like, it literally yeah. is just that shot because everything else is there for him and everything else that is required of his role is there for him, right? Yeah, it's, exactly. It, he can drive, like you said. He can. His passing is incredible. He's the lube of the offense. Like, he just comes in and just, he's like, he's whipping passes around and, like, he makes side-to-side passes in the way that, no other Maverick really does besides Luca, really. Yeah. And that helps the Mavericks. And I think that the Jason Kidd sees that. You, you see, like, Josh Green averaged, like, 15 and a half minutes last year. Like, the Jason Kidd and this coaching staff are trying to give him, like, some time. And he didn't shoot bad from three. He shot 36% last year in the regular season. We only took, like, one a game. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's got to take more than that. Like, it's got – it's confidence, like you said. It's confidence in the shot. And from everything we've read and seen from his trainer, from – Vegas that he's been working out. He didn't go to summer league because he literally just, when the season ended, he went to Vegas, which is where he works out anyway. He yeah. started working out. Greg St. Jean said he was working out with Mavs people. Like he's been putting the work in. And if anybody can, you know, can add a shot or can improve their shot, Josh Green would maybe be the number one on my list on the Mavs next year. 
Yeah, I mean, like you, like the shooting numbers really aren't bad when you look at them. And I think the last after the All Star break, I don't know what that is like twenty five games. It was like forty percent on over one and a half well, on one and a half shots. The problem They're with all his, wide open. The, I was gonna say the problem with his <laughs> shooting numbers is like you're looking at a wide open percentage, yeah. right? Where you look at some guys, you're like, oh, they shoot thirty five percent, but they're forty five percent on wide opens. Like this is yeah. Josh Green's percentage on wide open shots because they're literally all wide open with like but eight that's, feet. That's the Luca. I mean, that's Maxi. Oh, yeah. That's Dorian. Like if you play alongside Luca, that's you're gonna get those wide open threes. But he just like if he plays a lot of minutes, it has to be three three and a half attempts a game. Mm. that's what i that's what you need to see because it's just it can be so bad sometimes offensively for him that it's just like if it doesn't improve i don't know are you a sold are you are you sold on his defense i am yeah i think i think he's just really quick and he's his instincts that's that's why i have a decent amount of faith in josh green legitimately defensively it feels like he's always in the right place and offensively too like he makes good cuts he fills up space really well and uh that's why I, I do believe in him. And I, I his defense isn't – like, Frank's a better defender, I think, than, than yeah, Josh Green. Yeah, I would agree, yeah. Well, uh, for, also, we have to remi- remind people, Frank is in year six now. Yeah, like Frank has been in the NBA for a long time at this point. Played with the Knicks for, like, you know, four years before he came over to the Mavericks. And Josh Green was a 19-year-old rookie they brought in that barely played at all because Rick Carlisle didn't – Yeah. Know, we know what Rick Carlisle thinks about rookies, and, and the it was the weird co- like post COVID season yes. too, and off like short off seasons and all uh-huh. that. So, oh wait, are we doing this? Is the first real off season that they are we? Yeah, we're doing it. We're doing hey, the K- drinking. K- okay, KP's gone, so somebody has to fill that void. My my new one. I've been telling everybody this. <laughs> everybody listening is like gonna roll their eyes. Uh, my new one is this is Spencer Dinwiddie's first full off season since returning from ACL. That's gonna be the training camp slogan. I'm calling it. Yeah, I'm sticking. I'm sticking to my guns right on that one. Hey, man, there's there's some statistical uh, backing there. Like guys after ACL. Uh, this is what I know. This is whatever he's gonna say in training camp. That's good. <laughs> I bet Jason Kidd, Nico Harrison, whoever else talks at training camp, there someone will say that for yeah. sure. I think yeah. Mavs fans are just so programmed to ignore that though. After the KP ones, <laughs> I I always bought them hook, line, and sinker. And this year, <laughs> this past offseason, I was like, no, you're not getting me again, man. What's your thoughts on Christian Wood? Oh, it's funny because I don't know if you saw this. I made a, a video on my channel about five players I did not want the Mavs to trade for. And Christian Wood is like the centerpiece of that video. We did, like, the, the, trade we did the exact one, same episode like three days before the trade. Yeah, tra- the trade happened like a week later. I, I just the thing was for me, though, is it's like I don't want to give up value for Christian Wood. But you really didn't give up any value. So I'm 100 percent cool with the trade. It's very low risk. Uh, if it doesn't pan out, it doesn't pan out. But offensively, it should be great i don't see a i don't see a way it's not you know a lot of rockets fans have said oh he's a black hole offensively man kevin porter jr i like the kid's talented (laughs) but that was his point guard like like it's a different game entirely with with uh 77 running running the show luca Luca wants a black hole because luca can pass into a black luca can pass one of the few players that passes into a black hole right yeah can contain it yeah, and then, like, I remember Harrison Barnes always got the black hole stuff. I would love Harrison Barnes on our team currently. So we just needed somebody else who could get, the Her- you the know, Harrison something Barnes, on his own. The Harrison Barnes thing was so strange because he was, like, the perfect player next to Luka, and they just yeah. traded him for cap space because it just – the roles just didn't work. Like, he came in and was like, all right, this is my team. I'm the guy that takes the, sh- the shot. And I, I don't know. I've never met, like, a, or I've never been in contact with a player that, like, is the nicest, like – 
best yeah. guy that you've ever talked to. And for some reason, like on the court, they just couldn't make it work. And I, I kind of blame Carlisle a little bit. Like I kind of blame Carlisle for that whole situation. I blame uh, Donnie Nelson and Mark Cuban, like Harrison Barnes being your pseudo best player and go to on offense before Luca. That was never going to work out ever. That's kind of like last offseason. I stopped getting really mad at Dwight Powell because I was like, Dwight Powell just shouldn't be in these positions. Let's just call it what it is. <laughs> well, now he's third string center. So or fourth, that's exactly where depending. he should be. And he'll be good in that role. It'll be good. Yeah. Uh, there you go. You can go follow Slightly Biased on Twitter. And you can also follow his YouTube channel. Great stuff over there. And uh, welcome to anybody that's watching from over on that channel. You can subscribe to this channel. Go check that's out Lockdown NBA every single day. I am on there on Wednesdays on that channel, talking NBA all the time. We got great stuff over there. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.